In therapy and in music, the baseline informs where we go to next. This is the show that examines the present state of music therapy and asks, where to from here? Welcome to Baselines with Joe Thompson. This podcast was made on the lands of the Darug people. My guest on Baselines today is Lisa Groves. Lisa has been a registered music therapist since 2014 and has worked with a range of populations right across the lifespan. In the last six years, Lisa has primarily worked within aged care. Prior to studying music therapy, Lisa completed a jazz performance degree at the Sydney Conservatorium. Lisa's lived in Sydney all her life and met her psychologist husband in the jazz degree. They also have a 15-month-old daughter. Well, Lisa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Can you just start by telling me what does a typical day look like in your workplace? So I work at a residential aged care facility. So usually I'll come in, check some emails, read the after hours report, and then go to the unit where I'm going to run a session. So we have nursing home, low care, dementia, high care, dementia and hostel. So yeah, it just depends where I'm at that day. And then lots of documentation afterwards. My role is within the creative therapy department, which sits under Allied Health. Yeah, okay, right. So do you feel like that's somewhere that you belong in a conceptual sense? Yeah, I do. I do. I work alongside art therapists and a dance movement therapist. It makes sense. Yeah, that's that's very interesting because it's sort of, I think music therapy in, in many settings seems to be moving towards uh, working within a framework of functional developmental skills. Um, but it sounds like in your context, it might be fair to say that you're still a bit more in touch with the more aesthetic values within music and aesthetic properties of music and using them therapeutically. I think that would be fair to say. I mean, if you look at the assessments that, say, physio or occupational therapists have to fill out, it looks completely different. Look, on occasion, sometimes I'll get referrals for non-music-related things, but that's very rare. So that's very interesting in itself. Is that something that you're comfortable with? Or do you, do you sort of look longingly over towards the other side of the pasture, or do you think that's where you should be? I think, I mean, my perspective on work has changed a lot since coming back from mat leave, but certainly before that I worked very hard to advocate for music therapy being thought of or referred for when there are non-music needs. So one example, um, a client, before she came into aged care, she used to attend a hospital, I think they, like for rehab, I think, and they used to have, she thinks as a music therapist, I can't quite find out, but this person would run a choir and the specific need or purpose was to improve speech. And this client, she felt, she was in her late 80s at that stage, she felt that her speech was not clear, she had trouble getting words out, and she actually basically self-referred and asked the social worker to send a referral to me. Mm. And so what was the outcome of that amongst the other people that you work with? I think the most positive thing is that I worked closely alongside the speech pathologist who also saw this client. Um, I already had a fairly friendly relationship with her, so that certainly helped. Um, 
like for example I'd look at the exercises that the speech path had given my client and I'd use them in songs or poem like rhythmic poems or something like that and then send them back to the pathologist speech path so that they could work on it in their sessions. I wanted to talk about you and I have spoken about this in the past but particularly I think this question comes up maybe a lot more than what people actually are willing to say and I don't know whether it's particularly relevant to being in aged care or whether it's something that is uh, something that all sorts of music therapists struggle with in all sorts of settings but whether you're actually doing music therapy strictly speaking at all the times in your work um, I suppose the first question to kind of ask as a result of that broad topic is do you have any ideas on what music therapy is? I know that's such a fundamental question, but do you have a sense of where you draw the line and say this is, this isn't? Well, I have to say, first of all, when you said, you know, are you always doing music therapy at work? How do you decide that? Well, the answer is no, big fat no. Um, that doesn't necessarily bother me. What do I think music therapy actually is? I always say to people when they ask me music therapists use music to achieve non-musical goals I think that's the most simple way I can put it Um, I use the analogy psychologists use words music therapists use music obviously we will still speak if appropriate (laughs) Um, but music is the main vehicle but it's not to achieve musical goals so with that in mind I think working within an organization you have to be flexible and adaptable. Obviously, after the Royal Commission on Aged Care, things have changed, and that means that documentation, reporting, that kind of thing is highly scrutinised. So a lot of my time will be directed towards that. Um, A lot of it will be referrals that I get very quickly that may not have much context other than a client or resident is going through some behavioural support and maybe music is something that might help. It sounds like what you're saying is there's a lack of clarity amongst the organisation and amongst the team that you work with as to what you can be effective That's for. right, that's right. And so uh, you end up with quite a broad range of referral reasons and I guess that's one way of learning what you're effective towards um, when, you, when almost anything is put on your plate, you yes. kind of figure out what works and what doesn't. Yeah, so have you had any particular experiences where someone's referred you for something that didn't you, you didn't really feel like you could affect change for? Or conversely, there's been times when you've surprised yourself and music therapy has been more effective than you might have uh, presupposed? A few years ago at this same organisation, I got along really well with the particular OT who was working in the dementia unit at the time. When that happens, I find when you have a good relationship, usually for to think about the music therapist comes up more often than not. And they had a lot of issues with a resident, a male resident, who just was really distressed or agitated when it came to personal care needs, even just changing clothes, even tying up shoes, anything. Um, they're having a lot of difficulty and obviously it's not ideal. And yet when I had seen him on a few occasions, I had always had quite a positive um, session. It was clear to me that he loves music and music was effective. So in this case, I sort of made the suggestion myself that, Perhaps I could go together with the OT and we can try 
um, seeing how music can work with personal care. We went a few times um, and the OT commented, she said, you have a lovely approach with him. After reflecting on that, and my husband who's a psychologist, we talk about this a lot, it's not necessarily the vehicle for therapy. I think key is the therapist as a person, their relationship with the client. And that's something I really utilise. This kind of touches on to that old debate of music in therapy and music as therapy, where music in that situation might not have been the active agent towards the goals. It's probably fair to say that your relationship with the person was the active agent towards that goal. However, of course, part of the relationship was music would have played a part in what the relationship was, the nature of the relationship. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. It's not always the case, though. There's plenty of instances where it was clear that the client or the resident actually just wanted to talk with me. They weren't particularly fussed about music. Yeah, sure. And so, yeah, what's your reaction to that? How does that kind of make you feel as a clinician? Does it make you feel uncomfortable or you embrace it? It can make me feel uncomfortable because you're there to be a music therapist. So... Yeah, I I have to often make those decisions and think, okay, how do I prioritise what I'm supposed to do here? What are the needs of this person? Can I approach it from a different way? Do you think, though, that music does have something unique to offer? Absolutely. In aged care, where you have cognitive impairment, whatever it's due to, I find that music, more often than not, is your instant connection. It's your instant way in. So sometimes... Even if I haven't met a resident before or I need to introduce myself again to them, even if I see them regularly, even though I try to speak clearly and use as few words as possible, say that's not working and they're just kind of disoriented and it's kind of starting to stress them out that they can't place me, I actually just often start singing or playing music. The human voice is just personal. So you get that connection as well. I mean, it may not even necessarily be singing, but for someone who may be, you know, in their room all day, understimulated or even overstimulated, say with the TV on and background noise all the time, to hear a voice speaking directly to you can be a powerful thing. And I think singing is just a way to cut through that. Where do you think music therapy is currently sitting as a discipline and what changes do you think we need to implement into our industry for it to grow, for it to become increasingly well-recognized and increasingly respected amongst other professionals and amongst the public. I would like to see a lot more networking. I would like to see us working together more, communicating more, sharing resources and just being on the same page so that when we have conversations with non-music therapists, whether it's at work or just incidentally, you know, we're communicating using the same language, basically. Yeah, I was going to say before you said it, exactly those words. It sounds like we need a shared language. We need to, we're too fractured at the moment. We're too disparate. And it's not that we don't have things to say. We have meaning to communicate, but... It's not something that everyone has the same amount of hold on and we need to make it more communal. So, I mean, to kind of read between the lines of what you're saying, it sounds like um, for us to have got into this position that we're in, and I think you're reading it really well, music therapists learn a lot about what music therapy is and its value doing whatever kind of 
work they do in their small corner. But you don't get a full picture of the value of music therapy on your own. And that's why we need to connect in together a bit more. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I know I'm pretty conscious, maybe self-conscious. Maybe I even have a bit of a chip on my shoulder about the fact that most of my professional experience as a music therapist is in aged care. And I feel like I've now got to this point in my career where I I get a bit nervous about trying something different. I'd think, no, 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 I'd need to train in that area. I have no experience in that area. That's interesting, though. We're, we're so often a profession of generalists, and you're becoming a specialist, but that seems to cause you... That's something that you find a challenge more than a something to celebrate. Yeah, and I'd say a challenge in the sense of probably my age. So I'm 32. I, I'm not at midlife crisis age, but, you know, I definitely think about what the hell am I doing with my life? Should I be doing more in my career? Have I missed that opportunity? Should I be taking that opportunity now? I don't know. I mean, I haven't done it this year, but I do see a clinical psychologist for clinical supervision. I actually intentionally didn't want to see a music therapist for supervision. Look, I mean, at the time I... I had a lot of workplace issues, so they weren't really related to music therapy. But I did see the my supervisor uh, about nine months after I had my daughter to talk about career options and where I might go, and I found that really helpful. Helped me to get perspective of you know where I'm at, where I want to be, but also not feeling maybe secretly disappointed because. I would readily, definitely, honestly say I love my job. I love it more since I had a baby. Um, I think that's given me a lot of perspective. It helped to have that year off. So baby or not, maybe I needed a year off anyway. But, yeah, it yeah. I'm, so I kind of own the fact more now that I am a music therapist who specialises working with people in the aged care population. So it's interesting, just to come back to the question, sorry, we've done a really interesting loop, but is it fair to say that for us to develop as a discipline, you think that actually we don't need to do very much? We've got, we've got the good stuff here already. It's just about really owning that and really sharing that amongst our practitioners. No, I wouldn't say that. I'd say that's the first step. I'd say that's the first step and, work, and that's the approach of working with what we have and who we are. The reality of the situation. I studied the course at Western Sydney Uni at a time where it was more strongly associated with what was then called Nordoff Robin. So it was very different to what it looks like now and very different to the Melbourne course. We have to embrace our differences as music therapists, but I do think it would benefit if more in a more uniform approach. And that would mean greater collaboration. It does strike me that we don't seem to be able to identify as a practice what our music therapy approach is. And I mean that in the most narrow of senses approach, you know, whether it's CMT or NMT or uh, resource oriented or, or vocal psychotherapy, whatever it is, it seems like we kind of have, I think, um, I think most people in Sydney kind of fit into a pretty similar set of practices, but we don't have a name for that. I'm not sure how well we'd be able to articulate our 
underlying theoretical framework for what we do. But I think often that stems from necessity. Like for me, I fell into this position thanks to my colleague, music therapist. I didn't think I would be applying for that role, but I thought, why not? And it just happened that way. I mean, that's where I found the work. I When I graduated, I cold called about 100 different aged care organisations, but also childcare centres. I tried to hustle, obviously not well enough, and just went where I could find the work. Do you have a go-to therapy song? I have some current favourites. Because I'm playing piano a lot, because I can't use my voice, I am loving the song A Nightingale Sang in Berkeley Square. That's not necessarily because it's effective in therapy. I mean, most people seem to like it. But I love it. And another go-to song or songs would be something that I know people of different um, cultural backgrounds can identify with. So that's usually an Elvis Presley ballad or something like that. And what's one piece of advice you'd give yourself as a student RMT if you could go back in time? What's one piece of advice? You're going to be singing a lot. So get used to that. I mean, I did end up getting classical singing lessons. That helped me a lot. Um, I'd also say get better at guitar. You can't keep cruising on like this, but yeah. If you could work in absolutely any setting or with any population group, regardless if it's one that music therapists currently work in or not, what would you choose? I'd definitely choose adolescent or adult mental health and especially Probably also, more specifically, people suffering from anorexia. And that kind of stems from a placement I did as a student in Brisbane at the Princess Alexandra Hospital. Stayed with me the rest of my life. I'll never forget that experience. Uh, One last question, and this is the most annoying question that you'll ever have. In one sentence, what is the best thing about music therapy? The best thing about music therapy is that more often than not, I can instantly connect with people. Awesome. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for jumping on Baselines. It's great to have you. Oh, thank you for having me. I hope it's valuable. Just look forward to listening to the other episodes as well. Thank you for listening to Baselines. If you enjoyed the show, please hit follow and leave a rating and a review. My single purpose for making this podcast is that it helps us, the music therapists of today, to think clearly and carefully about what we do. I hope today's episode has given you something valuable to consider for your work and your practice. Thank you.